I confessed in a Sunday school class this morning that today's, we're in a sermon series on good things. And so we've talked about a good name and a good cause and a good religion and a good something else. I can't remember what, but there are a lot of good things coming this fall. And when I sat down with uh, the text and the topic for this Sunday, it was a good story, Job. No, that's terrible. I can't do that. And it's World Communion Sunday, so we shifted gears to a good table and a good meal. As we walk through this fall looking for goodness, we come to today on this World Communion Sunday thinking about a good table and a good meal. I hope as we make our way through this service together that you will sit there and recall some of your favorite meals and some of your worst moments in at a table. Of so many things we've missed in our pandemic living, time at a table has been such a huge loss. All those weeks with restaurants closed, the nation has never cooked so much at home in our own little family pods and even home alone. There's been a lot of bread baking and new recipes attempted. Preserves and cookies and soups and chilies and cakes have kept us fed out of our very own kitchens for so many months. We miss not just dining in restaurants, but having people over. Our tables have been small, not even gathering last Thanksgiving or Christmas for the usual bounty. Though I think for many people, this may just fall into the blessing category. The silver lining classification, we saved money, it allowed us to focus on the smaller group of people in our lives with more intimacy, it was a less hectic time. But then birthday cakes without candles because who wants to eat a cake that has had wishes and coronavirus blown onto them during a respiratory global pandemic? Likewise, we've not shared this table in person together in over a year and a half. We've had a few virtual opportunities, but as with all things virtual, my gratitude is immense for the capabilities of technology to keep us together, and yet it has been very lacking. How does a community of faith celebrate a table of collective remembrance when we are completely scattered, separated, isolated, and dispersed? And even as we gather today to share this table, it's not going to be the same. Keeping things COVID safe, we have these individualized, sanitized bread and cup, a few drops of juice and the stale no taste of those old school crackers that I've always known as holy chiclets. No coming forward, no passing it out, no shared bread, no touching, no getting within close proximity of each other. It's frustrating and sad and it's just not quite right knowing that some of you out there are still not able to be with us. 
and at the same time, it is a blessing to all be together. There's a willingness to accommodate and accept the reality of not quite right for the sake of anything that seems just a tad normal. So just to hear those words on the night that Jesus was betrayed and do this in remembrance of me, some of us actually together in this sanctuary is a blessing. And we sense your presence those out there joining us online, even if you're watching this on Tuesday evening during dinner, during your Thursday late afternoon walk, or listening in the car to and from work, it may take you all week to get through a service, but some of you do it that way. Christians up and down Park Road and all over the city and across the country and throughout the world today are figuring out how to safely sit at a common table of welcome and inclusion, a common table of forgiveness and remembrance. If the world needs anything right now, it needs welcome and inclusion, forgiveness and remembrance. The thought of it, world communion, that we're all gathered at this table together, the thought of it warms my heart. Instead of recalling that last meal that Jesus ate with his disciples that called us to remember in this way to begin with, I was more drawn to the feeding of the multitudes. All four Gospels tell the same story. The story is most often called the feeding of the 5,000, though there are some discrepancies with the numbers here and there, and of course only the men were counted we also know this story as perhaps the most beautiful sharing stories in all of Scripture. A boy and his small meal, though you didn't find him in Luke's gospel. Five loaves, two fish, but only John talks about the young boy that shared, which I always say is the most amazing miracle of all to share all that one has for the sake of everybody else, to give extravagantly so that everyone has enough, to make sure that everyone has an equal portion so that no one has more than is needed and no one goes without. That's not socialism, that's Jesus. That's the miracle in John's telling of it. But it's always interesting to do some comparison in how these kinds of stories are told. I always find myself paying extra special attention when the gospel writers decide to tell it all, and all of them tell it. So I copied and I pasted the stories side by side and I color-coded it, the details of it, so I could see who told what and how they told it. For instance, Matthew, Mark, and Luke make a point about Jesus being in a deserted place by himself, something we're quite accustomed to these days, being more alone, more deserted, more isolated, quarantined. Each writer notes that everyone ate and everyone was full. 
And every gospel makes sure to note in great detail how there were leftovers. Every gospel notes 12 baskets full of broken pieces. Broken pieces. We'll come back to that. Each rendition has them organized for this feeding, making everyone sit down, take your place, everyone. Two of the writers even grouped them up in smaller numbers, or maybe it was just family pods. We know something about that, staying in small groups. But it was the phrase about the blessing that struck me. I've mentioned before how my father called any meal to order. Once he was seated and at his spot at the head of the table and he was ready to eat, no matter where everybody else was in the process, he would then tap his fork on the table and tell us to bow your naughty heads and then he would proceed to rattle off the same words every day, every meal. He never wavered. Lord, make us thankful these and all the blessings of Christ's sake. Amen. It's hard to catch all those words that fast, but I guess the Lord understood. Lord, make us thankful for these and all other blessings. For Christ's sake, amen. And that was that. You were free to move about, to continue to get your food, sometimes for my mother to continue to prepare the food, and commenced to eating. The blessing had been said, dig in. Lord, make us thankful for these and all of the blessings for Christ's sake. Amen. In the story of the multitude feeding, the synoptic gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they tell the blessing almost in perfect sync. Jesus looked up to heaven not bowing in reverence with every head bowed and every eye closed, but lifted, head lifted high and eyes open. He blessed and broke the food. Kind of like we do in a few moments when we prepare this table and the symbolic gesture of breaking the bread before everybody to acknowledge and recognize the bounty that is ours, the bounty of welcome, inclusion, forgiveness, and remembrance. Five loaves, two fish, they all tell that the same, and then passing it out among the people gathered, an equal distribution, an undeserved grace for everyone. Blessed and broken. That's what caught me this week and stopped me in my tracks. That's exactly what we are, blessed and broken. If I have learned anything in the last year of my life is that this is very true, blessed and broken. The ability to experience the worst kind of brokenness, fear, and anxiety, all while in isolation, and the capacity to feel gratitude and relief and goodness and grace in the face of it all. In both extremes, we often find ourselves looking up to heaven and saying, why? 
and why me? And looking up to heaven with our doubts and our fears, our anxieties and our grief. And we find ourselves casting our eyes up in praise and thanksgiving to the one who remains faithful to be with us no matter what, in good times and in bad, in joy and in sorrow, on the mountaintops and in the valleys, on the smooth roads and in the rough and crooked paths, in operating rooms and at weddings, blessed and broken is our life. Blessed and broken is our life. We tend to find our way to good tables and good meals during the best of times and during the worst of times. When someone dies, we turn to gathering for food. When there's something to celebrate, we turn to gathering for food. When we don't know what else to do, we gather together to eat. It's comfort and blessing. So in the middle of a pandemic, we are here, masked and distanced. And we are here, apart. But we're here in all of the brokenness of pandemic, and grief and isolation and anxiety and disagreement and chaos. We're here. In all the goodness of being together at all and seeing one another and hearing from one another and greeting one another with a wave or a nod of the head or a comment posted online, we are here in all of our blessedness and in all of our brokenness we are here and there together. I think when I remember church meals in the years to come I'll remember the blessing of all the potlucks and I'll remember doing Christmas Eve communion with just Russ and me in front of the Chrismon tree, with all of you watching on your phones or on your computers, with your own elements of bread and cup, whether it was a tortilla chip and Coke or a loaf, piece of loaf bread and wine. And I'll remember all the Christmas banquets with the wonderful music. And I'll remember all the VSP lunches and I'll remember all the Wednesday night dinners cooked with some of my very favorite people that have ever walked the face of this earth. And I'll remember Maundy Thursday communion this past year when it was just Russ and me and a table covered with a purple cloth full of candles while all of you joined from home. And I'll remember this day this World Communion Sunday when we were gathered and still scattered, when we shared the table in a most antiseptic way. And I'll remember the beauty of the struggle, the acknowledgement of blessing and brokenness as we try to remain together in the midst of still being largely apart wishing for normal 
and accepting that there is only a new normal that continues to constantly emerge. Blessed and broken, we gather at this good table for this good meal to remember the sacrificial life of the one we follow even as we try to follow in his way. May it be so. Amen.